Welcome to the Doggy Dojo. I'm your host, Susan Light, a Los Angeles-based dog trainer on a quest to become worthy of the title, Sensei of the Doggy Dojo. Today is part one in a two-part series about allergies. Today we'll tackle dogs with allergies and next week, humans with allergies to dogs. I first came across my guest's company when a colleague told me she'd allergy tested her dogs and was able to improve their health by simple changes to their diet after the test revealed what her dogs were sensitive to. The best part? It was affordable. Only a hundred bucks. I soon found myself referring my clients to this service over and over again, and I thought, I've got to get them on the podcast. My guest holds a master's degree in veterinary medicine with a specialist in veterinary forensics. She founded DNA My Dog, a canine genetic testing company in 2008. The company's canine intolerance and sensitivity test, Allergy Test My Pet, was launched in 2018. Itchy ears, gas, upset stomachs, etc. can be quite common in many dogs and a sign of food and environmental intolerance. Allergy Test My Pet tests for over 100 food and environmental factors that may cause the dog to react. The test offers a tool for owners to learn some of the factors that may be causing their dog discomfort. Avoiding these items and or switching diets can go a long, long way in improving a dog's wellness. And she specifically made it affordable so they can help as many pets as possible. She took time out of her day to sit down and talk to me about what some of the most common things are that can make a dog react, what are and aren't signs of a possible allergic reaction, and why they didn't get to test cats like they originally planned. Please welcome Mindy Tenenbaum. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, We're we're going to talk about pet allergies, and this has been coming up just more and more and more and more and more. And so I'm so glad to have somebody to answer. There's so many questions that all the pet parents have about their pet's allergies. I hope I can help. So the first thing that I want to do with this episode is just tell people that your test exists. I mean, if that's all anybody gets out of this episode, I think that's a huge impact for people because uh, it's the only really affordable allergy test that I've been able to recommend to my pet parents. Because sometimes it's, if you go to the vet, just like a crazy expensive thing to try to pin down your pet's allergies. Agreed. So and I saw that that was why you started this company. Do you want to tell everybody, you started with DNA tests, correct? That's correct. So our bigger test, not even bigger because the allergy one's certainly catching up, but the test that we're more known for is the DNA My Dog test. And so... Um, Some years ago, working in rescue, so having dealt with a lot of canine allergies and also having gone through it myself, um, I came to realize that there there wasn't really an affordable or easy solution to get to the bottom of dog allergies. And there were some tests on the market, but they were very expensive. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the one of the more well-known ones, well, I'm sure it's pro- probably a great test. It tests for about 30 different allergens. And I was like, well, what if my dog's allergic to the 31st one? <laughs> what if it's yeah. not one of those 30? So we were very fortunate in that we had the resources and access to people. So we hired um, a, an immunologist to work with us to see what would it take to do this? 
so we 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 spent a couple years doing the research and looking into it and um just from my experience with a little bit of help try to nail down the top maybe 100 things that would be common in a pet's life or in a pet food and we we um we decided to to try and make it the you know a more affordable test to get people onto a roadmap to try and help them with their dogs allergies so um when yeah. i say allergies i mean more intolerances and sensitivities and i should probably um be clear about that i always compare it to an allergy is something more like we can think about someone who eats who comes in contact with with peanuts or gets a bee sting and ends up in the hospital and gets an immediate reaction that's somebody that's an allergy um gas hot spots itchy um, those are more intolerances or sensitivities. And so while we call it an allergy test, it's actually technically more of a sensitivity test. Oh, that's such a good point. And so true uh, that because people are noticing, like, obviously their dogs are not ending up in the hospital over these uh, in intolerances, but they're obviously uncomfortable, obviously not thriving. Um, so yeah, that's a really, so it's just that it's common for us to call it allergy test so that's just kind of and we say it about ourselves like I know I can't there's certain body lotions that make me itch and itch and itch and I'm like oh I'm allergic to that scented body lotion but it's like I'm really not allergic to it I'm sensitive to it but we just use the word allergy to denote a reaction I guess really good point but so I just want to let everybody know uh you know that the test exists it's $99 but is it Canadian dollars because I just noticed that you're based in Canada but I know I've been referring American clients it's US. to it okay so US dollars and nice try Susan <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm just checking I'm just joking uh, yeah it's US but um so that makes it super easy for you know everybody that's stateside but um since it's based in the mail can other countries because I have a few listeners like in Europe like is all there around, a we test all around the world um, so if they if they if they're in any part of Europe and they and they 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 google it it'll come up there's some companies that resell our tests in Europe and I strongly recommend that people go through through a reseller if they're not in North America because what's going to happen is they're going to if they're in the UK or Australia or Germany it's going to go to the person there and then that person's going to overnight us the sample we get they overnight us samples about three or four times a week so we're going to get it really really fast versus if you put it in the mail it's going to take especially with COVID it's going to take forever and you oh, might the sample might even not be that great when we get it so okay yeah so there are um in every major European country there is someone who sells the test that's awesome yeah um so I'll put the link um it's at my pet uh dot com in the show notes and then yeah she's Mindy says you can google it if you're in Europe to find out the best place to do it but I think that having access to this kind of test is a huge game changer because uh, everybody's always like go see the vet go see the vet uh, which is obviously great advice mm -hmm. but just like you know in America it's a little expensive to just run to the doctor if you don't have insurance or you don't have great insurance sometimes it's cost prohibitive and to get your pet allergy tested so I want everybody to know that this exists and it's just an amazing awesome resource uh, if you're if your pets have an issues so let's you talked a little bit about what are the signs and symptoms 
um, that point to it. But could you go over really that list of if you're seeing this in your dog, you should probably get an allergy test. Sure. And that's, and, and just going back to what you just said, Susan, if your dog does have some reactions beyond that, absolutely don't wait for an allergy test, go to the vet. Don't, right. you know, if it, if true allergy, allergic reaction. Yeah. Or a symptom that is really severe because, okay. you know, you should get that looked at, but you know, a lot of the, the, the people that we speak to, it's ear infections, chronic ear infections, mm. licking and itching paws, yep. um, hot spots, missing fur. Some dogs scratch to the point that they're bleeding. They have chronic gas. They have diarrhea. They have, um, they're just really, really uncomfortable. And you can what tell about, that they're uncomfortable. What about red eyes? Like bloodshotty uh, red I, eyes. I, I, Truthfully, I would say it's probably, I, I couldn't say, I wouldn't be able to out and out tell you it's not an allergy, but I really mm-hmm. think red eyes are probably not, even okay. though in people they are, I think yeah. that, that red eyes are probably going to be more of a symptom of maybe something in the air or of an eye infection or something wrong with their eye more so. I don't, possibly they could have red eyes, but generally I don't think that that would be the first thing that would make me think of an allergy. I would think that might be something else. So interesting. Okay. And does a dog owner need a vet's recommendation to get the test? They don't need a vet's recommendation to get the test. And um, a a lot of vets uh, aren't interested in, in clients having the test and, and that's, that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, I, I would say, from, from the point of view of the people who test with us, it, it really does go offer people a roadmap to help their dog. Um, there's many options to help your dog when your dog has an allergy, obviously. And one of the options is to put your dog on a prescription-based diet. Mm-hmm. Another option is to put your dog on, on um, medications that help. And both of those, they no doubt they, they do help. Mm-hmm. However, um, when you put your dog on one of those sort of um, hydrolyzed sort of allergy pet foods, while it is helping with the symptoms of the allergy, you're also having a diet that's basically devoid of much nutrition. So you're almost substituting one problem for another. And when mm. you're putting your dog on medication, you're masking the problem. Now, some people don't have the resources or the wherewithal, or they've tried everything. And I, and, and if you're going to put your dog on, on one of those, those prescription type diets, it is going to help. And, and that could be a really good solution for you. If you're going to put your dog on, um, Apoquel or one, or even human, you can give them, you know, human based allergy medications. It, it is going to help, but you're not going to get to the bottom of the problem. And sometimes you don't get to the bottom of the problem. And sometimes that is the solution that's going to work best for your dog. Mm-hmm. But for many of us, we you know, it, it prefer to find out what's causing the reaction yeah. and taking care of it. And if that's possible, that's going to be, you know, a much better solution for you and your dog in the long run. Yeah. Simpler. And what does the test involve? How do you get the sample to your lab? So it comes with a saliva collection device and you put it in your dog's mouth. We just, we just changed over to a new device. We're just launching it soon, but it, either one the old one or the new one you're you're getting a sample from your dog's mouth and you're putting it we give you a little 
uh, it's like a tiny little tube with some solution in it. And that's just a stabilizing solution. It's a buffer. And that's just to hold the proteins in your sample till it gets to us to keep it stable um, for us to be able to test it. So you just have to get the sample from your dog and send it in. It takes about two minutes, really. To get the sample. Mm-hmm. And do you have to time it around they haven't eaten or or drunk anything in a little bit of time? Or Good question. We do recommend to do it the the longest amount of time before they've eaten. So maybe first thing in the morning when they wake up before they've had their breakfast. Okay. Um, We recommend if you can have your dog not be on any allergy or steroid-based medications for two weeks if possible. If possible, and I'll caveat that in a minute. because the the very uh, nature of those medications, what they're what they're suppressing is exactly what we need to test. So if it's being mm. suppressed, it might not come out in the test. Makes Having sense. said that, some people, you know, we don't want to see your dog be in any unnecessary discomfort. And for some people, if their dog's having really poor reactions, we ask them if they can even not do it for forty eight hours. Let us know in the little questionnaire that you come in with your test, and then the the um, technician who does the test will note that and they'll change the, they'll, they'll up the reactions on all of the items that we test for to, to try and, um, to tease it out. Yeah. Just to try and have it not be as suppressed. Yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. But it's better to not have to do that. I don't, it's, it's better, but, but again, some people, you just, you can't do that. Your dog is, is going to suffer. Yeah. And how long until uh, you get the results of the test? So it takes two to three weeks to get your results, just depending on how busy we are. But we are noticing that the USPS is really slow right now. So unfortunately, where we would usually get your sample in maybe three, four or five days, now it's taking one, two, even two and a half weeks. So Mm. sometimes from beginning to end, it can take a month just because of the mail. Um, But once we get it, it's two to three weeks. We're going to take a short break, but make sure to check out the links in the show notes, dnamydog.com and atmypet.com. And you can follow them on Instagram at dnamydog. We'll be right back. To celebrate my first ever series on the podcast, I've collaborated with a local chef to bring you a special bonus. Adriana Ford of Allergy Shots is a Los Angeles-based chef who specializes in serving those with food allergies. She's created a special allergy-friendly gourmet dog dish recipe, and she's offering my listeners 15% off any purchase on her website when they use the code DOGGYDOJO. Click the link in the show notes to find the recipe, a special video of Adriana making the dish and serving it to her adorable dogs, she has five, and all of the links to follow her on social media. And so I I think it's so interesting when you said you really were thoughtful about which hundred items to test for. That just didn't occur to me. I guess so dumb, but I just was like, oh, it's obvious which hundred things you should test for. But um, I, that's to me so fascinating that you were able to have that list. And was it based on just dogs that you've seen or results? How did you arrive at those hundred things to test for? Yeah, it's, it's over. It's about 100 and, 
seven things right now. We change it from time to time as things become like recently, for instance, people started feeding their dog. Goat milk has become really popular. So we added that to the list. Okay. Um, And we were testing for, I can't remember what we were testing for and it was wrecking the whole test. So we had to pull it out and it was something so not necessary to test for. Okay. But we, we, looked at a lot of dog foods and tried to pull out the ingredients that were really popular and treats what were really popular supplements that were really popular um grasses pollens that are popular in many places Mm -hmm. um and then this was a little bit harder so I think we focused on uh limonene and a kind of coaxial 10 something there was like three chemicals that we okay. were managed to get that are really common in commercial floor cleaners and laundry detergents oh wow yeah um, but sometimes people will just call us on the phone to order a test and they'll start going into their dog symptoms and they'll be like oh he's just itching his belly he's itching his belly and my first question susan that i always ask people because you may not need an allergy test or test. (laughs) I'm my first question is what do you wash your floor with? Mm. And the two most common answers I get are Swiffer or a commercial um, laminate floor cleaner or wood floor cleaner. And I'm like, you know what, before you order the allergy test, I said, just stop, just use something natural, like a vinegar or something that, you know, that, that doesn't have any chemicals in it and try it for two or three weeks and see and I can't tell you how many people are like oh my goodness they went away and I'm like yeah if I was lying in Swiffer all day I would probably need an allergy I would probably be itching my skin off also like your dog what you wash your floor in and what you wash your clothes in if you use a really chemically laundry detergent your dog is on that all the time Wow. What a good point. And never would have occurred to me in most dog owners, I think, but it makes sense. Of course they're on the floor. And it's an easy fix. It's just an easy fix. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, please, we'd love you to come back and order the test from us. But if it does work, problem solved, you're done. Right. Yeah. So interesting. But again, obvious to you because you see this a lot and just, just a light bulb for the rest of us to be like, Oh my God, of course. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. And I love that if it is a light bulb for somebody, because maybe someone's going to be listening to your podcast and go, oh, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully it will help them. When you said pollens, that sounds more like human allergies that maybe there's not much you can do about um, if it comes back. And that's sort of the main one. Yeah. That's a tough Probably one. Probably you have that's... to talk to your vet about meds at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, pollens and another thing we test for is mold, which we just mm. added in last year because what can happen, in, especially in the colder, snowy climates, if there's a lot of snow and it, it doesn't melt and it just keeps snowing, the grass underneath it when it comes back in the spring is really moldy. And, you know, your dog is out on that grass and they can have a really strong reaction to the mold in the grass they can have a strong reaction to mold in your house they can also have a strong reaction to houseplant mold and fungus and things like that too but and pollen and a lot of dogs do have their I I think it's Apoquel is the one that people use the most for um those environmental type pollen and grass well grass it would be the pollen in the grass I think um reactions that dogs have yeah 
that makes sense. And of course, dogs love to sniff and stick their face in everything. So if they're allergic to the grass, they're going to be rubbing their face in it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, some of the things for environmental allergies that can really help too, um, really easy fixes are using an air purifier, uh, maybe not opening your windows as much to keep the pollens out of the house, keeping your bedding clean, you know, dusting and vacuum a little bit more. And one thing that a, a colleague of mine suggested was um, if your dog's outside a lot, if you rinse them off with cool water, it really can help to remove some of the pollen from their hair. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if those little wipes would work a little bit Probably. too. Probably. Why wouldn't wipes? They? Yeah, yeah, for that's sure. That's a really good idea. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> Sure. Uh, you should brand you should brand one. You should brand, brand a wipe with your stuff. I'm going I to. Heard it here first. I'm going to Susan Light wipe. Um, so if it turns out to be something in your the dog's diet, you would think it would be easier to sort of eliminate it. But um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about something that I've seen happen to pet parents mm -hmm. where they get an allergy test. And it comes back, okay, they're allergic to chicken. Chicken's so common. It's mm -hmm. such a common protein and things. But, you know, they start reading labels and they cut the chicken out of the diet. And maybe the allergy doesn't go away. And they say, oh, I don't think this allergy test was right. And what it turned out is that some of those foods had chicken in it and it wasn't listed. I know this is obviously not your field pet food. But oh, I just want to sort of, <laughs> sort of put it out there that, and I'm trying really hard to get a really good person to talk about, about pet food, but you know, it's not regulated as well as you might think. And, and so it's a, it's a problem. And, and one thing that, that consumers don't realize is so many times the pet food company changes their formulation mm -hmm. and like, unless you're crazily on top of it and I don't know anyone I know some crazy pit parents but I don't know anyone <laughs> who's gonna like literally read the label every single right because you just assume you know what's in it because you read it the first time yeah I mean they yeah. change their formulations or they change their plants where they're processing it or they change and and you don't realize that that they they've, they've changed it and I know somebody their their dog was sensitive to soy and they purposely bought a food that had no soy and the dog started to get its its symptoms back and then they they realized that there was soy added to the food all of a sudden but how would they know yeah until they knew you know yeah so that's something to keep an eye out for um i wouldn't assume i mean it's possible especially again if it's not super cost prohibitive like your test is more reasonable you and you're worried about it you could always go send a second test just to double check, but I would assume that it's still the food. Yeah. You know, I mean, the test was not incorrect. change. So sometimes yeah. a test you got today, maybe in a year or two, same with people, you might react to something, but then you might react to it. Your whole physiology changes. That's we don't test for dogs that are under one because they haven't even developed their sense. Okay. They, they're not going to, it's not going to work. So their um, allergies can change over time. As oh, they age. yeah. But, you know, okay. a dog who's one hasn't even tried things or been in contact with things. So they haven't even developed to the point that the test would be effective for them. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And then is it a little bit like, I know some 
doctor's advice for human children to introduce a bunch of things in that first year to sort of combat allergies? Would it be the same with dogs, try to feed them a great variety of things during that first year? Is that helpful? I couldn't answer that. I don't know. I would, I, I, the only thing I would say to that is it couldn't hurt, but yeah. someone probably someone could speak a lot better to that than I could. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know, but mm-hmm. I, it, it, again, and it wouldn't hurt. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're only really starting to study systematically allergies in humans. You know what I mean? We still don't really understand it. So probably there hasn't been enough research done specifically with animals either maybe maybe I do yeah, find to look that with 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 uh, a lot of diseases and allergies included like dogs are kind of the canary in the coal mine and Aww. that the things that you start seeing in dogs somehow find their way to people next they seem to get it faster and then different cancers and different afflictions that you see in dogs and then all of a sudden they become to me anyway I start to hear about them in people interesting yeah that's I didn't know that I, how uh, come I, Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, how common are allergies in, in dogs? More like... and more common all the time. But it's almost, and this is just an observation. It's not scientific by any means, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm for sure I'm a lot older than you. But still, <laughs> when you were young, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, for people who are maybe more in my age group, like nobody in our class had a peanut allergy. It wasn't even heard of. There was no peanut allergy. And now so many kids have these peanut allergies. Well, I bet when I was young, I don't remember dogs having allergies. Right. Like I don't remember anyone ever saying their dog had an allergy. So I think it's just with all of the foods being introduced in the way that dogs breed and the types of dogs that are out there and the environments. And I'm sure because dogs are so all you know people bring in dogs from thailand and from egypt and from whatever and they're in totally different place that maybe they're not really supposed to they're not really acclimated to that i think that that might be contributing to it also and then all the different foods and all all the grain free and all of the things that dogs never really maybe had in their in their in their background For sure. I think also part of it is our relationship with dogs has changed um, over the past couple decades too, to where, you know, we're, we care more. I hate to say it, but I feel like we care more about every little bit of our dog's health than people uh, used to. I'm sure if there were allergies 20 years ago, people are like, Fido's itching. So we're just going to go get and put it down at the vet today. And nobody shook their head twice. (laughs) Like, I'm sure that that did happen. Or they gave him a flea bath and was like, oh, well, you know, like that's... (laughs) You're yeah. probably back then fleas were every your dog itched it has fleas yeah it has everything <laughs> everything was probably fleas but yeah now that you know they're like our children and we're ooing and eyeing and looking over every every bit of them it's like what's this what's the spot why are you itching uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing I just think maybe that's part of seeing more of it as well it's true it's it's true we do get a lot of people who um who I mean anybody who is taking the time to do an allergy test for their dog obviously really cares about their dog mm-hmm. to to try and make their dog happier and and people um are really looking for as many ways as they can to take so much better care of their dogs now but you know that better than anyone yeah yeah and can you it says uh, allergy test my pet what other species can they do or is it just dogs 
Well, it's funny you say that. Good question. When we started out, we were going to do cats. And then we pulled back because <laughs> just to get the sample. Oh. Like, it was not, it was like basically, we were putting your life in your hands. So we, <laughs> we already registered the name and everything. And there's even a little cat in the logo, but there were no tests for cats. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I bet I could hold mine down. You probably <laughs> could, and some people could, but the people who can't, uh, yeah, it's not that's pretty. so yeah. funny. Okay, so just dogs. Just yes, dogs just dogs. dogs. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, I feel like you've already debunked some myths and misconceptions that I've had, but are there any other ones you wanted to make sure that you mentioned to people? No, not really. Just, just, and again, you know this better than anyone. I just like to always point out to people that, Dog, every dog is different and every dog is individual and as you know there's not a one-size-fits-all for for everyone and we often get people calling us and saying they're they, they they are like oh your dog's allergic to chicken all dogs are allergic to chicken and it's like no they're actually not <laughs> you'd be surprised how many are not yeah and, or your dog's allergic to beef and it's like you don't know that yeah we get dogs who are allergic to carrots i mean yeah you don't know so if you know if and i'm not and i'm not even saying this is a persuasion for someone to buy one of our tests you one of the the best ways that you can get to the bottom of your dog's allergies the gold standard it's an elimination diet yeah and what an elimination diet just for people who might not know what it is is it's basically taking two things you think your dog aren't allergic to let's call it rice and chicken and for two weeks or three weeks, just feeding your dog rice and chicken and making sure they don't have one single other thing. And if after three weeks, your dog is fine with the rice and chicken, you add one more thing. And then you look for three weeks. And if they don't react to that, you add one more thing. And then if they react, you know what the thing is they're reacting mm -hmm. to because you just added, it's a novel item that yep. you added you can pull it out and you try something else and you can go through that it takes a really really long time but you can get to the bottom of your dog's food uh, sensitivities that way and it is if you can do it it's really really effective and a highly successful uh, way yeah. to do it humans too that's how they have humans to do humans too yeah humans too um, with dogs, it, the, it's hard sometimes because it's like, I swear I haven't fed them anything. And then there are babies in the high chair throwing stuff on the ground. Oh, yeah. I mean? So it's a little bit harder, but it, it's very effective. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you want to get to the bottom of it uh, that way, and also if you've been feeding your dog, especially a commercial dog food up until the point, they've probably built up enough vitamins and minerals that for the month or so, you're just feeding them the stuff. They have a good store that they'll be okay. Okay. Yeah, but that won't help you with any environmental allergies. No, that won't yeah. help you with environmental allergies. Yeah. No, so. and it won't help you, you know, and then again, and I suggest if it's if it's the itching on the belly or whatever to try maybe changing your cleaning products a little bit too, that might help. Yeah, so interesting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Was there anything else before we sign off? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered everything, didn't we? I, I think we did. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mindy. I really appreciate you stopping by. Oh, I really by. appreciate it. And I just wanted to like a little plug for you when I went, I went in and listened to your podcast and 
all of the people that you've had on, I feel so like-minded with. I loved everything they had to say. So if someone's just listening to this last one, uh, go back and listen to the other ones because they were so helpful and informative. And I just, I loved what everyone had to say. I felt like I was friends with every, they were like people that I've known. Like I felt oh. so like-minded with them. They were terrific. So thank you for offering your, your podcast for us to help us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I just made my day. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for having me. And again, I hope like if one little piece of advice can help anybody, then that made my day. So we're even. <laughs> This is your aspiring sensei, Susan Light, signing off. If you want to work with me, you can find me at doggydojopodcast.com. I offer video sessions no matter where you're located. The music was written by Mac Light. You can find him at maclightsongwriter.com. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with other dog lovers. And I'll see you here next Tuesday with a brand new episode of the Doggy Dojo.